When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this week's episode of the Baseball Together podcast. We have Griffey joining the M's ownership group, the Cards have a new skipper, and our World Series preview right now. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now baseball together welcome to another episode of the baseball together podcast baseball family as always i am brad and i'm here with our guy on my left that way there we go that's my right brig is here on either side of the screen whichever one you're watching on youtube hey 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 (laughs) he's there so okay brig we got some stuff to get into um World Series starts today, first things first, for those of you listening on the first day of this release. On Tuesday, um, October the 26th, um, we have the Braves and the Astros. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll get there. We'll get there in a little bit. We're going to do our whole World Series preview. But for now, first. Dirty tease. First, Brig. First things first. Let's start with the biggest news actually of the day. This This dropped this morning. I woke up to this headline. I wasn't entirely sure what it meant when I saw it, so I had to do some digging, some reading. Mm-hmm. I actually did some reading, believe it or not. And it turns out <laughs> my hero, Ken Griffey Jr., has joined the Mariners ownership group. 100%. That's awesome. It, like That's so exciting for me, and I'll tell you why. Because in the past, I mean, we saw the whole Kevin Mather issue last year right before spring training or right before the season started where it was a guy who was clearly a businessman working for a baseball team and just out there like yeah we're overpaying this guy this guy's boring and overrated we're getting overpaid for our tv deal blah 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 blah, all this stuff instead this is a, a player who's widely beloved by baseball fans internationally it doesn't matter what team you're a fan of in the 90s everybody was a fan of ken griffey jr and that 100%. was something and I, and that's verified. I saw that on social media today. Everybody's like, I was a Yankees fan. I love Griffey. I was a Braves fan. I love Griffey. Brig, Yankees fan, loves love Griffey. Griffey. Love yes. Griffey. So Met him. Nice guy. So jealous. So jealous. But anyway, so it's a big deal for the Mariners ownership group because they can um, – they have somebody there who legitimately – like to say that Jerry DePoto doesn't understand baseball, like that's – that's wrong because he was a pitcher. He knows baseball. Yeah. But to understand the importance of the marketing side of baseball, who's somebody who went through the thickest of the thick of it with the marketing side of baseball yep. in the 90s when who legitimately transformed the marketing arm of Major League Baseball, to have him in the front office in Seattle is a majorly big deal. And somebody who wants to win. He's got the itch to win. Today, he said uh, in his press conference, I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing, I don't have the exact quote off the top of my head, but he said that he's excited to work with a bunch of people who want to win. So I thought that was awesome that he that sees awesome. that. He sees that in the front office. So, well, that's awesome. You got to feel good about that. Oh, so good about it. Feel so good. Like, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I saw this and I was ecstatic. I'm so it's, happy that he's back with the Mariners. I was, I always hoped he would come back in some aspect. I wasn't sure what it would be because he stayed. He was there a little bit uh, in like a. It wasn't like a player development, but it was almost like a player liaison mm-hmm. uh, role or something like that. After they but brought this, him back from Chicago, you mean? Well, in no, it was, after, I mean. it was after he retired. Oh, yeah, not yeah. He was the deal. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. it was like it was like a really really small role. It was basically like. You'll see him around the stadium now and then. You'll see him around the spring training facility, maybe. But he's part of the organization. But this is a significant role. I mean, oh yeah, part of the ownership group. That's so. amazing. That's super cool. And you're right. Just I don't think there's anybody out there that's going to be upset about this at no. all. Yeah. Unless maybe you're the Houston Astros or the Angels of Anaheim. Because this could be significant tectonic shift in the AL West. <laughs> I mean, it could this, be. This could and, foreshadow a lot of craziness. Well, think about this. Like, so in the NBA, Jay Z owned a part of the Nets. Yeah. Right. And so they were there was always like, well, there's the Jay Z factor in New Jersey is before they moved to Bro- to Brooklyn. You know, right. thinking a lot of guys were gonna want to go play for Jay Z, but Jay Z owned like 0.1% of the Nets. I own 1% of all kinds of things. Exactly. Exactly right. <laughs> but I do wonder if guys are going to be attracted to Seattle as free agents now, being able to have the opportunity to play with Griffey, have a chance to possibly talk shop with him in the clubhouse, on yeah. the field, because I don't know how much he's going to be like around, visible. You know, right. He seems like he's been more visible the last several years than he, has, than he was a few years before that. So. Well, in the last one to two specifically, he's gotten a lot of play. His marketing collateral has gone way up. Oh, big time. Big time. And, and he's Nike brought back the Griffey shoes. I saw, the, like, Brig, I saw four kids wearing Griffey Nikes at a D-backs game this season. Dude. Teal, that, teal and D-backs white Griffey game. Nikes. Yeah. Yeah. That's significant. And yep. my question is, how does this impact his role with Major League Baseball? Is and he still... Right? Yeah, that's something that I'm not quite sure about. Because um, I was actually telling Mel about that today, about our conversation that we had about him on the track to be a commissioner. I was like, does this like fast track that maybe? Because like the Bud Selig road, right? Right. Whoa. I, mean, I, I know he's I know he's that. not a principal owner, but at the same time, he's in the ownership group. And so right. owners are going to be like, okay, he sees a little bit more of our perspective. Now, he's not just going to be a player's commissioner. Smart. So, Whoa, that's smart. Well, and he there's not an inherent conflict of interest there, right? He can serve both right. organizations in mutually beneficial capacities. Mm-hmm. That's that's the best part. And mutually exclusive capacities as well. It doesn't mm-hmm. even have to be beneficial. So I love it, man. I love it. And if it is a if this is the first couple of moves on the chessboard, like to make mm-hmm. sure he gets in there. Ooh, I just love it. I love everything about it. Yeah. Yeah, and hopefully it'll help with the CBA, and we'll get there because <laughs> we always do. But we have to, especially anyway. today. <laughs> yes. Okay, so let's get on to the St. Louis Cardinals here, real quick. So okay. we talked about uh, Mike Schilt got fired. That was a surprise to everyone. Everyone involved, still, not involved. I'm still shocked. Still in shock, but they seem to have moved on quickly. Hired Oliver Marmol. Uh, he was the bench coach since I think I saw since uh, 2019. It's been um, a couple of years, yeah. Well, but here's the shocking thing, Brig, and I had this 
kind of the same existential crisis when uh, Rocco Baldelli got hired as manager uh, yeah. for the Twins. He's my age. Yeah. Like, what have I done? <laughs> Excuse me? I mean, granted, Brad. granted, Brig, he did play baseball, so he had like the in, right? But it's like, what have I done? He's This dude's 35 years old, and he's the manager of a major league baseball team. That's right. You're the co-host of the Baseball Together podcast. You're right. You're right. Bam. You start feeling good about yourself, my friend. <laughs> we have an international following. And yes, yeah, some of them are Russian spies. But it's okay. Still international. International, nonetheless. <laughs> we could get one listener in Mexico and be considered international. Let's be real. <laughs> well, yeah, but we have listeners all over the world. Like, literally. We do. Yeah. Yeah. No, no I, okay. I know we do. Well, But not everybody else knows. That's true. You're right. Anyway. We I do. Brought that, I brought that up in my talk. The speech I, I know I read that. I bring... That was very good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, <laughs> it's legit. Okay. The point is, can we talk about the Yankees, please? Let's move on and talk about the hold on, hold on, real quick. I want to talk about this one just a little bit more though. Um, I'm curious though, like if this hire is is it like uh like are they hiring a company man or are they hiring a guy who they think can actually lead the Cardinals to the next the next level? So you want my honest opinion. It feels like what the Mets did. Remember they brought that guy in for one year? They're like, let's see what happens. But we don't expect a lot. And this buys us time to get rid of the Beltran situation and fix mm-hmm. the, you know, internal issues. And, you know, if you win, then good. We'll t- but if you don't, it's okay. <laughs> you know, I feel that's how this feels to me, just personally. And you might be right because you've got Wainwright who's got one more year, Yachty who's got one more year, and they might just be waiting to bring in a, pr- a player development manager. Yep. Because Yachty, Yachty and Wainwright are not going to want that. No, 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 no. And they're not going to – they don't want to start fresh with somebody new because they're a talented team. They've got a, a great potential for even next season. So you got to mm-hmm. maintain as much of the status quo as possible. So you bring in your bench coach and you get, make him the skipper – but you know their players are running the right, like especially Yachty. He's running the show. Yeah, and I think Adam Wainwright's in the same boat, right? Those two together, dynamic, quality leadership team. Mm-hmm. So you bring in a guy. I'm not saying he's a doormat. That's not what I'm saying. But right. I think they work as three legs of the stool, and you get a holistic clubhouse. And it's stable for that last year. You need to see if you can really pull it off. And if not, that's okay. Then we can rebuild. That's how it feels. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I agree with you. Okay, Brig. Go ahead. Let's talk about the Yankees. Okay. All right. Tell us about this. Okay. Garrett Cole and Brett Gardner are having a tizzy. Well, they had a tizzy fit. This is like what, like April, May, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. They had a tizzy fit. And uh, the point is. Gar- Brett Gardner's walking around with pine tar on his hat, joking that pitchers have to stop using the sticky stuff, right? And it was a big joke and all this stuff. Well, Garrett Cole didn't think it was very funny. And <laughs> he comes up swinging, and they get into a row and right into Gardy's face. And then a couple of days later, he apologized for the whole thing, okay? Now, this could explain, remember, do you remember, this, like this just came to light. But do you remember mm-hmm. all season long, I was like, something's going on in the clubhouse. There's some kind of weird dynamic. There's some kind of, and we thought Rizzo would come in and stabilize things, and he 
he maybe did a little bit or whatever. He soft, but it wasn't always solved completely. And now, now we're like, oh, that's what was going on. Mm-hmm. Because let's be honest, Brett Gardner owns that clubhouse right now. Yeah, he's the last. What well, he's the last member of that 2009 World Series team. That's right? right. Once CC left, the whole thing was Brett Gardner's. Yeah, he runs the show, and nobody's calling anybody else captain right now. So it's not. It's not that. It's all seniority instead of you know merit. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that Brett Gardner doesn't warrant a bunch of merit. He absolutely does. Now, I love Brett Gardner. I know a lot of people hate Brett Gardner, but I think he's fantastic. I know you do. <laughs> I love him. I love Brett Gardner, and I'm telling you, I know you, you do. I know you he, do. And and we all know why. It's it's his passion. It's his sass. It's, it's the intangibles. It's the intangibles. That's exactly right. And, and that was and the article I read about this actually think that's what it said. And there were a lot of fans who chimed in on it and and were saying like, of course Garrett Cole doesn't like the guy who's been deemed the captain of this team and has been for several years. Yeah, you know. That he just he's having a hard time getting along with him. But the problem is, is that Garrett Cole has a contract of over three hundred million dollars, and I believe Gardner's just uh, expired this year, right? Yep. So yes, he's a free agent. At the end. Of what are they going to do? They're going to listen to Garrett Cole, who they have all that money tied up in, and is probably going to be difficult to move at this point. Or, Super hard without Spider Tech. <laughs> yeah, or Gardner, who's pushing forty and still producing, somewhat. Still producing, still leading the clubhouse with intangibles. Yeah. There's that, a lot of yeah, production, <laughs> you know, that goes on there. I'm just saying, like, you need a leadoff hitter that's going to swing for the fences, and he's not going to hit a home run, but he's going to get a base hit. And you get break. Yeah. Not every yeah. time. I understand. However, yeah, you're right. he plays with intensity, he plays with heart. Cole plays with intensity, but there's no, like. That's a good point, though. Like, does he play with heart? No, it he seems doesn't. like he he's. It seems intensity. like he's a. It seems like he's a robot out there. Honestly, that's what I'm saying. And if he yeah. comes out on the field and plays like a robot, and there's all that intensity, but there's none of that heart, none of that emotion. Mm-hmm. Brett Gardner has emotion. Brett Gardner yeah. is the dynamo in the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. He will rally everybody together. And if he's having an off emotional day, everybody mm-hmm. else can be off. But yeah. Brett, but Cole is. He's the opposite. Is just he just this. And it's mm-hmm. either it's either flat or it's accelerated to this like intensity, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. You're right. Me. Okay, let's Bug go me. into the last thing here, Brig. Okay, our favorite topic, Brig's uh, pet topic here. We're gonna talk about the CBA. Well, we, did we skip a topic? Oh, we did skip a topic. You're right. You're right. Oh okay, my okay. gosh. Okay. Sorry. Okay, we, now let's we'll get into my favorite thing. We will get into. I just got so excited because there's news. But anyway, uh, so this is news, Brad. <laughs> it is news. Okay, this so is news. <laughs> so we're we're gonna cross over a little bit here. We're gonna cross over to the NFL a little bit here. We so the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Tom Brady threw his 600th career touchdown pass right. on Sunday afternoon, Sunday Sunday evening, depends on where you were, and uh, Mike Evans, the receiver, caught it. And like he does, he went over and he gave the ball to a fan in the front row because he's he's a nice guy. Good for him. He didn't realize it was Brady's six hundredth when he found. Did you see the video of him finding out on the sideline break? No. Yeah, no. somebody came over, told him he like he put his hand on his head. He's like, oh no. <laughs> he's like, that was the one. <laughs> so, um, so six hundred home. 
of you that don't know is not a big deal. Like it's not significant at all. It's just Tom Brady's being whiny about it. And it, are you talking six hundred touchdown passes? That's sorry. <laughs> Football and baseball. Yeah, six hundred touchdown passes. No big deal. No biggie. Right? It's, it's not... just that the next guy has like four hundred something. I think it's but the anyway. difference between uh, Randy Johnson strikeouts and the next guy. That's fine. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so he gave this ball to a fan and uh, Tampa Bay Bucks, like the Bucks um, personnel basically walked over and started negotiating to get the ball back right. for him. Right. And initially it came out that he was given um, a game ball, a different game ball and a thousand dollars to the team store. Right. That was it. That was all that he was given. And there was a lot of talk actually today on sports radio. This guy got like got jobbed because that ball was valued at around five hundred thousand dollars upwards of seven hundred fifty thousand dollars are you serious i'm serious yeah so um so you sent me a message though you sent me a tech uh an instagram post about it what was it he said that they said that he got it was it was a twitter feed a twitter message by rick stroud at nfl stroud and he says bucks are giving Byron Kennedy, the guy who's the fan, right? <laughs> the following for the number 600 touchdown football. Baseball family, stay with us. This is going to be relevant. We're going to tie it all together. <laughs> Two signed jerseys and a helmet from Tom Brady. A signed Mike Evans jersey and his game cleats. A $1,000 credit at the team store and two season passes for the remainder of this season as well as 2022. There you go. There you go. That's more like it. The That's season tickets are where the money's at right there. No, oh, for sure. Okay. All 12 now, of them. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say there's what, seven this year, probably five left this year and then eight next year. But anyway, so Brig, you had, bring up your, bring up your point. You're talking right, point on this. Okay. So I said to Brad, I said, why doesn't major league baseball do something like this? Like, wouldn't it be more fun if everybody knew that if they caught a home run ball, that there would be a reward for it of some kind? And Brad's like, we already do that, dude. And I'm like, shut up, dude. I know that. (laughs) But what I'm talking about is (laughs) baseball does not market this information at all. Okay? They don't tell people that if you catch a home run ball and it's there's any leverage to that situation at all, that you will be compensated for it. Okay. My argument is this is back to your God of war thing. Like where the free, what are they doing now? If I'm telling you, if you told a bunch of baseball fans that look, if you sit in the outfield, you bring your ball glove, you catch a home run ball. Okay. Not only will you be compensated, but based on the leverage of the situation, how high leverage is, or if there's a milestone or whatever it is, there will be a weighted compensation package, some kind that we that that you'll earn. That so so if it's so so and so's hundredth home run, you're gonna get this much in return. And the, these tiers are laid out potentially, or you know, greater than or equal to this, or whatever, something like that. If there was a, if there was a, almost like playing bingo in the outfield, right? Like, like <laughs> bingo. Like if you could raise your hand and yell like bingo, I won, I won, I won, I won. It'd be like the lottery 
for home run balls caught in the outfield. And then you give away season tickets. You give away signed baseball bats and jerseys and batting helmets and gloves and cleats. You give away all this stuff, and everybody knows that it's coming. And the lowest cost stuff happens at the smallest level with the lowest leverage situations and those high leverage situations. So you know if it's a National League division series, somebody hits a home run, which is rare, you're going to get a bunch of crap out of that if you catch that ball. They're going to want that ball back. And even if they don't want it back, they're going to give you whatever it is to get the ball back just because now they're just rewarding you for being a great fan, participating in the game, playing an active role. Even if the ball isn't necessarily high leverage, let's say it's August 1st and you're sitting there and you're one of 14 fans and you happen to scurry grab a ball in Cleveland because there's 14 of you. Sorry, Cleveland. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or you're in Pittsburgh, right? And you saved it from hitting, you know, the freaking bridge out there. I got to go see that. But the point is, if there was some reward in there based on catching a fly ball uh, or a home run ball, that I think that would be amazing. I think that would be amazing. Okay. Everybody's all hopped and hot and bothered about catching foul balls anyway. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. There's a status symbol associated with that. But if there was also a reward... Would that not draw a better crowd? Wouldn't you get more people in the stands? So, and and my and I told you that this is already a thing, right? So I, I like the bingo thing. The problem is the only problem with that, Brig. Hold on, hold up, hold on. The only problem with that is I'm that defensive, Brad. <laughs> I'm, you, you just gotta hear me out here. The only problem with that is that then Major League Baseball loses negotiating power, and fans who catch those balls, those milestone balls, can be like. No, I don't want that. I can get more on from an auction. For uh-huh. example, I have this ready. Are you ready for this? I knew you would. Go ahead. Barry Bonds is 756th home run ball. Okay. That dude was at the bottom of a scrum getting clawed at his face, beaten up. He can't, he emerged from the pile with a bloody mouth and a bloody nose. And totally. this baseball. Okay. Tops offered him $100,000 in free tickets to the to baseball's all-star game and the Super Bowl. Okay. A businessman offered him $200,000 for the ball. He said, no, no, no. And I'm, I guarantee you the giants approached him as well. Oh, of course. Of course. Because yeah. And I, it doesn't say in this article, this is actually an article from ESPN from 2008 by Jamel Hill. Okay. So, She doesn't say that the Giants approached him. I'm assuming they did because obviously they're going to want to get that ball back for for Bonds and who can, at his discretion, submit it to the Hall of Fame. Yep. Um, that ball sold at auction for $752,467. Whoa. So there is nothing that Major League Baseball can offer anybody that is worth that. They could say, you can get... Free season tickets for the next two years if you catch this ball. All it's going to do is it's if people know the payout ahead of time, it's going to cause more problems like this. Mm. It's going to be more issues in the stands of people fighting for those balls, I believe. Because, I saw that coming. Yep. Because anytime there's a milestone, people pack the house anyway. The Tigers were right. not great this year, and Miggy was getting close to what his 3,000th hit, 300th home run. Something I can't remember. Five hundredth exactly, home run. Five hundredth home run. That's what it was. Is before yeah. his five hundredth home run. They were packing the place. 
It's true. Right? Yeah. And they were not good because people wanted that ball. They wanted to see it happen. So yeah, people show up anyway for those milestones to see the milestones, to get the milestone ball, whatever. Mm-hmm. But they know the market value outside of the stadium. And if they don't want the stuff that the, that the teams have to offer them, they're going to take it outside the stadium anyway. You right. know, like if, if they're more about the money for the ball, they're going to go take it to auction. Like he took it to um, Sotheby's. Sotheby's to auction sure. off. And the owner of Echo, you know, the, uh, the not the Echo the shoes, shoe. but the Echo clothing company with like the Rhino. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the guy who actually bought it for $750,000. So, so no, I that's why, that's why I think they don't do it and why they can't do it. Because mm. they can offer that stuff, but if people don't want it, it doesn't matter. Huh. You know, like like we saw, uh, was it a player for the Reds this year? Mookie Betts gave, asked the fan for the ball. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's his first home run. Can I have the ball? The guy was nice enough. He tossed it back. Mookie Betts gave him a bat. I yeah. that stuff goes on all the time in the stadium anyway. Yeah, right? totally. So, yeah. Like we'll, you see the bullpen negotiate with kids, like four or five baseballs, whatever. Bullpen right. balls and For nachos and whatever, all kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, so yeah. that's that's the reason I don't think that's like – the real reason I don't think it would work is because um, it goes on already to some degree. People know the worth of those milestone balls. And if they don't want season tickets, they'll go get money for it. And then they'll buy season tickets anyway. Right. So exactly. Okay. Okay, Brad. So you don't want to draw more fans to the stands. I guess that's fine. It does draw. Um, that's what I'm saying. It does draw. Anyway. I know. It's just teasing you. <laughs> I had to defend myself somehow, even if it was crappy. Okay. <laughs> no, you're right. You bring up a good point. I just wonder how many people are thinking something similar. And now that we fleshed it out, we can move on okay. to our favorite topic ever. Ever. Yes. I don't uh, know why. It's actually terrible. It is. It's depressing, is what it is. It is depressing. It's our, should we call it our? topic not our favorite it's our pet topic we'll call it our pet topic yeah i feel like that's more appropriate and also very accurate okay it was reported was it today yeah it was today. reported today on the score that the mlb work stoppage is almost certain on december 2nd now there are a million nuances to this part one is nobody's playing baseball in december okay right so everybody cool their jets. <laughs> okay, that's the first <laughs> thing you need to know. That that headline is intended to grab your attention. It did. There are some really relevant details in there. And also, they have time to work it out. Right. The reason they say December 2nd, though, is because the CBA officially expires 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time, December 1st. Yep. That's why they say December 2nd, that if they don't reach For an sure. agreement, that that's like the official day and time that a lockout takes a play, takes effect. Now, that doesn't mean negotiations will stop. That doesn't well, mean they'll they have stop. to keep going. They have to keep going. And there's a lot of jobs on the line that like, what are we going to never have baseball again? Uh-uh, that's not going to happen. And yeah. these people are not foolish enough to allow that to happen. So, duh. But that doesn't mean it won't be a problem into spring training, potentially, mm-hmm. and into all through April, all the way through May, potentially, into June. We don't know. That's the real problem. So it is a true issue. It's mm-hmm. just not as sensational as that headline makes it sound. 
Right. Yeah. And and what it will do though is MLB could put a put a halt to all free agent signings, um, right. to all trades. So we could literally sure. have zero baseball news during that time, besides updates with the CBA. Um, yeah. Just because if there's nothing going on, there's nothing to talk about. Um, that means no winter meetings. Uh, like I said, no no trades, no free agent signings. Um, nothing. We could no. we could be resorting to the KBO again, Brig. Right. No draft. There would be no remember mm-hmm. did that funky combine thing. Like they're not going to do that. Yeah. None of that will take place. What are teams going to do? Tryouts and they'll hold out a baseball bat and everybody grabs their handle. <laughs> we'll hire, you know, whoever gets to the top. Yeah. Like maybe we'll end up there. I don't know. We might. I don't because know. Because I can see, well, I can see organizations like the Yankees, you know, trying to cobble together some kind of thing. You know, one of my favorite movies is The Replacements. Don't tell anybody I said that. With Keanu Reeves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that could be a kind of a fun scenario to see happen. Well, so it's funny you actually bring that up because I think there's actually specific language in this current CBA that says they can't do that. Shut up. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah, because they were getting ready to do it. (laughs) Yeah, they're getting ready to do it in 95. Yeah. In fact, in fact, Brig. Um, if you watch the ESPN 30 for 30, um, Jordan rides the bus. They talk about how Michael Jordan was offered a spot with the White Sox as a scab. And he said, no, yeah. I'm part of the NBA players union. I can't cross a picket line and go play. And that's what took, that's what sent him back to the NBA. Yep. It makes sense. So, so it is specific language in the current CBA that they're not allowed to hire replacement players. I believe so. Yeah. I read that somewhere. Um, I think it was it was either the MLB it was either MLB or NFL. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think it was MLB because they had talked about it in the nineties. So hold on. Would that be driven by the players association? It would be. Yeah. Yeah. Because then it because then it gives the ownership uh side of things incentive it's to ham- negotiate. Right. Because they're putting players down yeah. there. Like granted it might be an inferior product, but they have players out there drawing a crowd. Right. At least something. And they're minor leaguers because they're not part of the part of a union, right? So it gives them a chance to showcase the future, right? Right. So yes. owners have every every reason in the world to bring in scabs, but the players are like, "Well, no." But then you have no reason to negotiate with us, for sure. Exactly. So yeah. That, oh, see, it's so interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it and it's a great big mess too because these two sides hate each other as it is, and yeah. the players' association is going uh has uh fired filed a grievance let's see it says uh this is according to the score like i said it says a bar as bargaining sputtered this year the union began a grievance hearing before arbitrator martin f scheinman on september 27th on its claim that the 60 game schedule in the 2020 pandemic affected season was too short come on dude everybody had a role in that let's be honest everybody (laughs) did unless uh it is as Rob Manfred uh, alluded to that it was always going to be 60 games. And then the players have a legitimate issue and there could be even bigger problems here. There could be a lawsuit that could tie things up. That's right. I don't know. Uh, Baseball family. I don't know if you know, but there are, they they play baseball in Australia. They play (laughs) baseball in Taiwan, Japan, Korea. It'll be fine. We're here Mm -hmm. for you. Well, and think, well, think about this too, Brick. Think about this. There are a whole lot more readily available independent leagues than there were just even two, three years ago. Immediately. So, 
Immediately you can watch independent baseball. Mm-hmm. Still lots of ba- lots of baseball available. Yep. So it won't be it won't be all is not lost to get your baseball fixed. Just that it is terribly interesting, mm-hmm. and we will keep you apprised. And terribly frightening. Uh, the details. Well, I don't think it's frightening. I think what. I don't think it's frightening. I think it's. I think we're watching a culture clash. I think we're seeing a landmark situation happen in real time again. Those of us that were there, right, ninety four. Mm-hmm. And I think what's going to happen is we're going to learn a lot from this situation. Well, and, and this is the other problem we have too, though, is how many fans left in ninety four, ninety five, and didn't come yeah. back. No, I just talked to a guy the other day. Is one of my coworkers. He was like, because this is this what this is the eighth or ninth one now at this point. If they do mm-hmm. a full work stoppage, this is eight or nine yeah. in the last forever. That's 150 years, and most of them happened between like 1960 and 1994, 1965 yeah. or something like that. So you what you end up with is generational apathy. And this guy said he's like, I I, I haven't watched baseball since 1994. I was like, yeah. that's so sad. And he was like, I am still sad about it. And that's the problem is they ret- everybody's retaining that injury, right? And it never, ever heals, ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, my father-in-law is the same way. He was like, he only started watching baseball again when I came into the family. That's the only reason he started watching baseball. But until then, he was completely against it because he was so upset that they were squabbling the way they were in 94. Yeah. And I think, you know, rightly so. But both sides have legitimate concerns, mm-hmm. at least they do. this time. I don't know about yeah. last time, but this time they have legitimate concerns, and it is not going to be simple at all. Yeah, yeah, it could take it could take a while. But the thing that's encouraging is that with a work stoppage, it means there's nothing else standing in their way. There's nothing else going on keeping them from no. negotiating. So I would expect them to be at the negotiating tables all day, every day, until a deal is reached. But yep. we've seen with other sports. That can take some time still. So I don't know. Yep. We'll continue. Well, and they're inherently continuing. adversarial. But now we have two personalities that are both inept and or adversarial. Yes. That's yes. the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For those and of you who don't know. This is just the fan's perspective. You know, like that's. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, for those of you who don't know, Tony Clark, who is the MLBPA president, um, he might hate Rob Manfred more than anybody we've ever heard of. More than we do, so, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I would say for sure. So he is probably so. toilet papering Rod Manfred's house every weekend. <laughs> it's bad. It's got to be bad. <laughs> and then he hoses it down. Oh yeah, throw a little egg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, yeah. kids. That's, That's not what you don't there. do. That you do not throw <laughs> eggs at people's homes ever. Absolutely not. Absolutely no. not. You can throw toilet paper and water it down though. That's okay. <laughs> And with that, let's take a break. We'll get back and talk about the World Series. No matter which ballpark you're at, you want to rep your team. Now you can with 9 Plus Us. Welcome to the Big City Series. With every design available in your team's colors, you can fit in with the home crowd or stand out on the road. Either way, we have the colors you crave. Shop the Big City Series and find designs that rep your favorite baseball podcast, cheer from the cheap seats, and much more. Shop the Big City Series only at 9plusus.com. You know what, Brig? What's that, Brad? 
I'm just not much of a coffee drinker. Boy, I knew that. You're still stuck in your yummy phase. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so what What exactly do you do to get it going in the morning? I know, I know it is not a good night's sleep. You're right, it's not. Instead, I drink Ray's. I tried a ton of different energy drinks over the last few years to help me get up in the morning, and it is by far the best tasting. It's mildly flavored, yet still flavorful. There's no crash, so I actually feel like I can finish the workday when it wears off around 2.30. Visit repsports.com, that's R-E-P-P sports.com, and use code BTPOD at checkout to support the Baseball Together podcast and to get 15% off your sampler pack, variety pack, or custom order of Ray's Energy. The Nonther Sports Podcast is the home of sports talk for everyone. Every other week, you can catch David and Jason as they talk about all things sports, from current events to classic moments and everything in between. You can find the Nonther Sports Podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and more. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Welcome back, baseball family. <laughs> For those of you watching on YouTube, might notice our rosy red cheeks and our bloodshot eyes. Brad and I have just spent the last <laughs> like twelve minutes laughing uncontrollably. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. Um, it had a lot to do with Rob Manfred, though, which is, which is I feel like on theme, right? Just terribly consistent for us. But we need to talk about the World Series, Brad. We got a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of storylines that we think are really interesting. And first mm-hmm. and foremost, we've got to talk about Dusty Baker. Now, before we get into the details of Dusty Baker, I have to say one of my favorite things was, well, okay, hold on. I got to back up. Brad, do you watch the post-game victory oh, yeah. celebration? Do you watch the podium with the trophy presentations and, and the champagne in the house and all that? Like, Do you watch any of that or no? Uh, my answer to that question is it depends. So, if it's a team that it's their it's their first World Series title, it's their first trip to the World Series, like first ALCS AL title, NL title, pennant, whatever. Uh, yes, I'll watch it every time just because I think it's cool. Right, get to see those guys celebrate, get to see the organization celebrate for the first time. It's a big deal. I I will always watch that. However. That being said, oh, and also if a team has who hasn't won in a long time, like last year with the Dodgers, I watched with the Dodgers because it had right. been you know thirty some odd years, whatever. Yeah. Um, that being said, the Astros winning the ALCS, last out, turned it off. Um, the Braves, I watched a little bit of it just because I had stuff going on, so I, had, so I didn't have time to watch it. But I, if I had time, I would have sat there and watched it. Um, if the Astros win the World Series, I will not. Watch it. Um, if the Braves win, I will watch it. Mm. So it, it all depends on who won, who, if, if I want to see it or not. Good answers. Yeah. What about you? I, I, I watch it every single time. Mm. And I watch it every single time because the expressions of joy and triumph and celebration, there's to me, it's just this extra layer of magic that baseball brings. Of course, mm-hmm. it's available in other sports, but to see the infusion of joy into our favorite thing, it, you like, why would you not watch that, right? And and I understand your argument it makes perfect sense to me about 
you know, it's nothing new and maybe it's, and sometimes those celebrations are a little bit lackluster, but there's always somebody in that clubhouse who's never done it before. Right. Yeah, no, I understand that. There's always somebody who it's their first time or it's their first time in however long, or it's their, you know, they've overcome whatever. And um, so like Jordan Alvarez is a great example, right? That dude yeah. is on fire and he won the MVP in a, the ALCA and it was deserving and he did all the right stuff. And I wanted to hear from him. Like I wanted to hear from him. Yeah. So I watch it every single time. And what happens is you end up with these gems of personality, right? Like I, I got to watch Jose Altuve's uh, acceptance speech. He was sat next to A-Rod and David Ortiz and um, I think Frank Thomas. And they were talking and, and it, it was just blah. It was just another day in the life mm-hmm. for Jose Altuve. And, you know, he gave, he said all the right things and he, you know, whatever. And at the end of the day, I was like, Mm. and i hate to say this but they even spent more time talking about dustin pedroia <laughs> after jose altuve's interview that yeah. they did about jose altuve and to me i was like now nah, that feels pretty good to me you know <laughs> like yeah. for personal reasons right uh-huh. personal reasons but at the same time it's just it those storylines come out so like you wouldn't if you didn't watch you wouldn't know that a Rod, Poppy, and Big Hurt talking about Pedroia. Yeah, after they interviewed Altuve, mm-hmm. and to me, that's the that's the beauty, man. That's the joy. That's the those are the personal storylines that make baseball wonderful because there are it is a team effort. There's all this stuff going on, but they're individuals, man. So the so when Dusty Baker accepted or got up there in that same group of guys that same group of announcers and analysts, you know what the first thing he said was? What's he that? said, I thank God and I thank Hank Aaron. And I was mm. like, what? And he thanked his dad. He's like, God, <laughs> my dad, and Hank Aaron. And I was like, my man. You know, like, <laughs> I don't, I like, I have my opinion to Dusty Baker before. We've talked about it. I think he's fabulous. Uh, I love Dusty yeah. Baker, and I love everything that's going on for him. But then, in the in the pinnacle of his uh, late professional career, he's going to thank Hank Aaron for trailblazing and teaching him, and you know all mm-hmm. the stuff that went on in their career. And I was like, dude is older than Creek Dirt, and he's <laughs> killing it. He's seventy something years old. He's killing it. And he remembers all the way back to '60s when Hank Aaron helped him out. You know, mm-hmm. man. And if you don't watch the post game, and if you don't watch the celebration, you don't get stuff like that. Right. Yeah, I love it. That's my argument. Yep. Yeah, and that's the thing is like I I understand what I'm missing with it. You know, there's always the stories. There's always the 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 human side of things. Um, mostly what it is, and like this is gonna sound like I'm just a hater, but. Um, I don't want to see guys like um, Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve be happy. So, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Brad, the black flag. I have doubled up hat and shirt today. You are the black doubled flag up. is fully waving. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> You're about to spit on your hands and see what happens, aren't you? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But no, really, though. But so back to Dusty Baker real quick, though. 
so this was this was a conversation that we had beforehand because we saw this on Instagram. We both saw this on Instagram today, right? Yeah. Where yeah. they said that Dusty Baker started his career. He made his debut on September seventh, nineteen sixty eight, for the Atlanta Braves yep. against the Houston Astros. That's right. And now, what could very well be the bookend of his entire career? We don't know what his plans are for next year. I mean, I, I doubt it, but it's possible. I think he's yeah, I think he's under contract still. But anyway. Uh, be a heck of a way to go out if they win this thing. Now he's oh, wow. coaching or managing the Houston Astros against the Atlanta Braves in the World Series. I mean, that is a full and complete circle. And what better way to go out? Especially no better way. No better way. And, you know, mm-hmm. part of me. So this is interesting. Everybody was like, and I put this on TikTok, right? I was like, what am I supposed to do with the with the? ALCS. I'm like, I gotta. I'm a Yankees fan. I gotta the the Houston Astros or the Boston <laughs> Red Sox. Yeah, like this is an unfair position to put me in. I have to watch these games. <laughs> I have to have an opinion. <clears throat> and my cute daughter, she's she drew her line in the sand very very cleanly. She knew she knew exactly <laughs> what the Kool Aid I was feeding her was saying. So I just said. You just leave that up to interpretation, but uh, that five-year-old knows what right looks like. Okay, so <laughs> we've, we've had—I think we had that conversation was last week, two weeks ago. That's right. <laughs> so I'm sitting there, and she's like, "Dad," she says, "Dad, can I just can I just root for good a good game? Can I can I root for either of them?" And I was like, "You're way better than I'll ever be. <laughs> You're the coolest little kid. She's five. And she said, can we just, basically what she was asking was, can I just be excited that it's good baseball? I was like, uh-huh. that's what I'm doing. But I wasn't going to lead you down this primrose path, right? you got to figure it out on your own. And yeah. she did. It didn't take her 20 years like it did everybody else. Holy crap. She's the coolest. Okay. The point is, though, I was sitting there rooting for Kyle Schwarber and Kike Hernandez. Right. And then Dusty Baker. I was like, this is complicated. <laughs> this is this is really hard for me. <laughs> Did you have similar conflict, Brad? Am I the only one? Uh no, you're not the only one. Um, I was I was mostly cheering for success, right? Like just good baseball. Um however, I do laugh when things go wrong just because I think it's funny. I like the chaos, right? Like that's I love chaos baseball. So the more errors there are in a big game with like lots of lots of stakes, and my team's not playing in it. I oh mean, yeah, I love it every single time. I'm just I just sit and laugh like, oh yes, the ball's flying around the field and nobody knows what to do with it. It's so fun. I love it. So there were it I had fun. moments like that, but ultimately I was cheering for the Red Sox because I I refuse to cheer for a division rival. Absolutely refuse to. Will not. Will not do it unless it's the Angels, as we've, as we've established, because my wife is an Angels fan. I'll throw her a bone on that. But um, if they're playing the Mariners, I mean, she can get out. I mean, I'm not going to cheer for the Angels in that case. So She can get out. <laughs> <laughs> Quick story about that, Briggs. So uh, there, this was probably, oh, man, this was like 12 years ago, 10 or 12 years ago, right. something like yeah. that. We went down to Southern California to visit her family. And on our way, I was like, oh, man, I wonder if the Mariners are in town. Brig, the stars and planets aligned. Our trip was planned, booked and everything, and the Mariners happened to be in town legitimately. Like, hand up. I swear to you, I did not plan this trip around 
the Mariners being in town playing the you Angels. Could, you might like, as well have though, right? I, I I could not have gotten luckier, Brig, because I was planning on I was like, let's go to an Angels game anyway. I wonder because I need to pack accordingly. Got to put my Griffey jersey in the bag so I have it yep. at the game. Um, she was not happy with me. The Mariners actually ended up winning the game. She was not happy with my uh, enthusiasm when there was a two a two run double hit right in front of us in the outfield and. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it was man. it was a good time though. This is just like it's like yes, the Mariners <laughs> scored against you and you and you. Because <laughs> <laughs> honestly, like we went to that game. I think it was one of the seasons the Mariners lost 100 games, and uh, and we went to that game. I was like, I just hope we don't get blown out. That's all. Yeah. I just want to see a close game. Ended up winning by like five runs, I think, four or five runs. Jeez, so. That's amazing. <laughs> and I was insufferable, and I don't apologize for it. <laughs> no, no, of course. Jeez. I would so. have been, a, I would expect you to apologize had you been anything but insufferable, sir. <laughs> okay. No, there's only one way to play that. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> All right, so I do have one more little uh, Dusty Baker nugget for you, Brig. Okay. Okay. All Back right. Back to the topic at hand. So Dusty Baker is the ninth manager to make it to the World Series uh, in both the American League and the National League. I happen to have here in front of me the list. Okay. Are you ready? Row. Yeah. So we have Joe McCarthy with the Cubs and the Yankees, Al Dark with the Giants and A's, Yogi Berra, Yankees and Mets, Dick Williams, Red Sox, A's and Padres, Sparky Anderson, Reds and Tigers, Tony LaRussa, A's and Cardinals, Jim Leland, Marlins and Tigers, Joe Madden, Rays and Cubs, and then we have Dusty Baker, Giants and Astros. Three have won the World Series from both leagues coming from AL and NL. Whoa. Who do you think? I'll give you, Brick, I'm going to give you 50 points if you can name me one of them. Joe Madden. No. John Madden. He, sorry. No, not Joe Madden. No, he, he didn't yeah. win with the race. Oh, that's right. He made it, but he didn't win. Yeah. Okay. Tony LaRussa. Okay, there's one. 50 bucks. <laughs> I said 50 points, not 50 bucks. <laughs> oh, what good is your points? If it's They're not any good. <laughs> what is this? Whose line the is it anyway? The rules are made up and the points don't matter. Let's That's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Drew. <laughs> so, so the other two, though, I bet you could Sparky, name at least one of the Sparky other Sparky Anderson uh-huh. and Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra has, did not win a Actually, World Series as yeah, a manager. You're right. not, yeah, you're right. You're right. But it's Sparky Anderson, Tony Larusa, and I don't you know. You know the other know one. Who... I, I know do? you know it. Yeah. It, it was. It's been in our lifetime. It's Jim Leland. Really? Jim Leland. Uh huh. Oh. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, but th- that being said, there will still only be three after this World Series because Dusty Baker didn't win it with the Giants. You can't right exactly. So okay, but think of the think of the company he's in. We're talking a list of three up against mm-hmm. a list of nine in over 150 years of professional baseball. I'm wrong, Brig. 
I assumed that the Tigers won it. I for, So I was not legitimately watching any baseball in 2006. Did not watch a single game. I forgot that that was the year the White Sox won, right? No, that was 05. Yeah. But I thought the Tigers won it in 06. They did not. My bad. No. So only two. Not three, two. Only two. Sparky Anderson and... Um, Tony La Russa. And Tony La Russa. yep. The two I picked. Yep. Good job. Good work, It's 100 Greg. points. That's 100 points. Very good. Yeah. I'm glad they don't matter, but I'm glad I have them. <laughs> you never know when you can cash those in. Put those in your pocket for rainy day. I'll put them right here. <laughs> Very good. Excellent. <laughs> Love it. All right. Okay. Anyway. Lance McCullers. Lance McCullers is out for the World Series, the entire World Series. The whole time. The whole time. Forearm strain, MRI showed nothing wrong with his UCL. Likely doesn't need Tommy John. We shall see. We right. don't know. What he did say is that the, the specific injury that he has typically takes six to eight weeks of rest to heal. So... Uh, that is far beyond the World Series because we're going to be done with the World Series Center here in a week, week and a half. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that's that's trouble though for the Astros. I wait, 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 wait! The World Series, okay? There we now, go. Okay, nice. I've got my kid saying that. <laughs> she'll go around. Perfect. She'll go, Dad. She'll go, Dad. Dad, who's playing in the World? The World Series, <laughs> and she stops herself in order to make sure. She get she checks the box. I'm like, that's my awesome. Hero. Love that's, it. Anyway, that's amazing. Now, who else but, is out? Isn't uh, is it uh, Joe Kelly? Is it Joe Kelly that's out? Well, yeah, he's not playing. Right, he's not playing at all. Right. Oh, duh. I'm sorry. He plays for the Dodgers. <laughs> the Dodgers. <laughs> oh my word. <laughs> but no, never I, mind. So let's go. Let's get back on McCullers here for a second, though, Brig, because this that is a big deal. Fast things move. Yeah, McCullers is huge. He he was the the Astros' best pitcher this regular season. He was yeah, the whole time very good for them the postseason. Yeah. Um. I mean, and not to say that they're going to have to turn to scrubs, right? Because you've got Luis Garcia, who's very good. And oh, um, did you watch Luis Garcia win that game? Uh. Oh I no, you were I coaching did. baseball. Yeah, I missed a lot of the last couple weeks because of baseball. He's coaching bro, baseball. Bro, I'm not kidding. Okay, I have to tell you. I sat there watching Luis Garcia, and I was like, oh, my goodness sakes. I was like, what is happening? Who is this guy? They could not. They could not figure him out. Could not. Well, the Red Sox couldn't figure out anybody the last three games. I know it was out of control. Special, they got out scored what twenty two to one over three games. Yes, but this Luis Garcia frightened me. Yeah, if I'm Frederick, I am worried. Okay, I am legitimately concerned about Luis Garcia, and he's a rookie. You know who else the Braves should be worried about? I'm telling you this now, Brig. It's Kyle Tell Tucker. Oh, I know. Our accountant friend, Kyle yeah. Tucker. Because he, yep. so I have the Astros uh, team page up on baseball reference right now. And yeah. he is second for the Astros this season in war. Behind yep. only one Carlos Correa. Well, that's because Carlos Correa is an amazing ball player. He is an amazing ball like, player. Like, amazing. But he's also got 
as far as like pitchers go, though, back to pitchers real quick. Yeah. Framber yeah. Valdez, who is starting game one for the Astros, he was their right. third best pitcher, which is saying something because he's pretty good. I mean, oh, he's great. To put it simply, <laughs> totally. He's not no scrub. He's no. not hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride. No way. No chance. No, nope, he's driving. That guy. He's driving. Yeah. But he is a safer option and is coming up in the rotation to lead off a of game one. Like it's perfect. It makes perfect sense for him to be the guy who's like, win or lose, it's going to be okay. We're going to have a strong start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that yep, anybody exactly. is saying win or lose, but that's how it feels, right? Uh huh. Yeah. But the, then, and this is the thing too that I, I wanted to talk about matchups a little bit because I love matchups. I love the sports are about matchups. Like, yep. You can have like the the transitive is it the transitive property? A is greater than B, B is greater than C, therefore A is greater than C. You can't do it in your normal voice, Brad. You, you that's illegal. <laughs> the A is greater than B, B is greater than C, therefore, Brig, A is greater than C. Does it work in baseball or sports? <laughs> Doesn't work. Yeah. Yes. Right? Question mark. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was too excited about your voice. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but so, and and this is something, so real quick though, this is something we talked about leading up to the league championship series though. Right. That we have an offensive, my offense first team in the Astros coming up against a pitching centric team in the Braves. An unstoppable force against an immovable object. Let you got? The, let the magic happen. Okay. I I don't know. I have seven games. Uh-huh. I can six. I have seven. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to come down to the DH. Honestly. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to come down to who leverages the DH position effectively and who does not. Because you're right. Offense is going to dominate, or pitching is going to dominate, or they're going to stalemate one another. So, which is why I think which stadium we're playing in at which point is going to be the factor. Which is why I love the split. <laughs> I know you do, and this is this is my thing, Brig. I'm I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to I've been saying all year long. I thought the Astros were one of the top two three teams in baseball. I legitimately thought they were the one of the best teams. However, their problem is their bullpen and it's being huge. down Lance McCullers. That's those are going to be big problems for them. That is a game changer, so, literally. And you talk about the DH. You talk about the DH. How's this for an outfield for for the Braves? Now they these are all guys who they acquired later in the season. You got Jock Peterson. Yep. Eddie Rosario, who was yep. out of his absolute oh. freaking mind in the NLCS. Dude, well, and Jock is batting 565 or something crazy in the postseason. The pearls. Jocktober, Dude, man. It's Jocktober. It is. Yep. And it's a full replacement outfield. Mm-hmm. It is. So, uh, let's see. Oh, and then you've got Enciarte, and then you've got Guillermo Heredia, who is, like, obviously, like, the second-tier guy. But he's been sure. solid. He's been solid. solid. He's reliable. So, here's, here's what I think is going to happen. Okay. When I said the DH is going to be the linchpin in this situation, I think that's true. But 
but I think it will come down to how Houston will manage not being able to use the DH in Atlanta. That's the key, right? So that's what I mean by when I say the DH. Like the Braves got DHs. They can throw a guy up to the plate, no big deal, but it's it's it will be watching Houston deal with it when they're here. That's what Mm -hmm. I want. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Woo! It's gonna be good. I got the Braves. I think the Braves have what it takes to pull it out. I want the Braves to win. I do not want the Bra- the Houston Astros to win. I want Dusty Baker to win, though. So I'm again, I'm a little bit split. But if you wanted where I would put my money, I'm putting it on the Braves. Yeah, same. Well, and and kind of along the same lines of what you're talking about, like I want to see the Braves win. I was a, the Braves were my National League team in the '90s. Right, everybody's just about everybody's so, national team. Of course, right? yeah. Thank you, TBS. <laughs> exactly. But on the <laughs> other hand, like it really hurts me to say this. Like, if the Astros win, I'm fine, just because I really hope we can be like, put the whole cheating thing aside. I agree with that. We have to assume they weren't cheating this year. I know we, I know we said that for a long time. We have to assume they're not cheating. We said that about a lot of people, and we've been burned in the past as as a yeah, fan base. But at right. the same time, like. We have to assume they were under a microscope, and if they were cheating, it would have been brought brought to light by now. Well, and and so I, we can just put it all aside and say, okay, let's be done as fans. We can coexist once again, yeah. and we can go back to hating the Yankees as a unit. Hey, knock it off. The Royal, we we don't give a crap. We don't care. <laughs> and that's fine. Um, that's, why we, that's why everybody can hate the Yankees, because you don't that's care. That's why it works, because there's more of us than there are of you collectively, so that's fine. And you're um, probably not wrong. Here's <laughs> Because <laughs> they're front the, runners everywhere you go. That's right. Here's the thing, though. I totally, totally agree with you. And if the Astros won, I would support that every single day. I'm ready mm-hmm. to move on. I'm ready to move past it. And I love Dusty Baker. Love him. So I don't think, I think it's part microscope. You're absolutely right. They're being scrutinized heavily. Players, fans, league, all of the above. But I think Dusty Baker is not going to put up with that. Right. Yeah. I really don't think he's going to put up with it, especially because of the added scrutiny, right? They asked him a million times in all these interviews post game, how have you come into it? What has been your mindset coming in? All the turmoil in the organization, all the turmoil with the players and lots of turnover, et cetera, et cetera. And I just, based on his answers and some like empathetic reading or whatever, and I could be way off, but his career and his answers in every one of those scenarios just leads me to believe that I don't think he's putting up with it. I think he's mm-hmm. going to win honest. And if it's going to be, it, that's it. If it's, if he's going to win, it's going to be honest. So, and, and that's what I hope for. So there's plenty of like bias going into this. I right. understand that if I get burned on this one, it's going to be rough, bad, like real bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like work stoppage in '94, bad. Truthfully, but what I'm saying is, I'm holding out hope that this is no longer taking place, and that Dusty Baker is the guy for the job. I agree with you, and honestly, I feel like if it, and this is the other other reason I feel like it's like under a microscope is because if they're getting away with it now, there are a lot of people who are losing their jobs, and it's not going to stop with the organization. Because, I mean, steroids went to Congress, partially because it was an illegal drug being distributed in clubhouses willy-nilly, and nobody was really, everybody was kind of looking the other way. But on the other hand, though, like, 
there are they're taking away people's livelihood and there could be legitimate lawsuits this time lawsuits directly to rob manfred because he didn't punish anybody before you didn't create a disincentive to a reason to not do it again yep you know i could see players getting together and suing the mlb front office for not doing something about it so i feel like there's a whole lot more stake for a lot more people to keep the astros from cheating again well and anybody else i don't think we need to right. pick on the astros yeah. I, yeah, I but, just think they're but the easy specifically example. like at this point yeah, in that's, this that's situation yes because absolutely. there were accusations this this postseason uh, that were baseless but you yeah know. with the light in the bullpen <laughs> well it's before that where, even it's yeah, before I that know, you know but, but, but that's yeah, the most recent know. one but yeah anyway and there and there's plenty of significance there i'm just saying like i need this to be pure i need it to be clean i think dusty baker's the guy to make it happen mm-hmm. I, I really do but at the end of the day we talk about playing baseball and we know that small ball is where it's at. It has been where it's at this whole postseason. Not that the Astros can't, but the Braves do. Right. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. And how the Astros deal with not having a DH when they play in Atlanta is going to be the thing. I hope that's what I think. What do you think? I think you're spot on with that. Um, and this, and so we have we have a buddy from school. I don't know if you ever were around Adam much, but um, yeah, for my sure. Buddy. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure just cause he wasn't really there the semester that, that you and I were hanging out, but anyway, yeah. so my buddy, Adam is a, our buddy, Adam is a, is a new baseball fan. He was covering sports in Washington, became a Mariners fan. So he, yeah. he kind of comes to me as far as like, okay, why is this the way it is? Why did this work out the way that it did? And one of the things I told him was, I was like, honestly, what it's going to come down to for me is bullpen bullpen play because starting pitchers don't go more than a hundred pitches. Typically, Unless sometimes a, only 70 yeah depending on the outing yeah and it and it all depends on you know like a break glass in case of emergency thing where a guy's really rolling and it's game six of the world series they're probably going to let him go unless it's the rays and it's blake snell but yeah they're going to be getting into bullpens and the atlanta bullpen is way better than the houston bullpen way better so much better like the Astros made a deal for Kendall Graveman. I've talked about this multiple times now with yep. Seattle. He was the best reliever Seattle had at the time. He's come over to Houston and has not been the same guy. Yeah, he's, he's been good. Good. He's been good, but he has right. not been lights out. No, but he was in Seattle. Oh, big time. <laughs> which, yeah. which is interesting about the clubhouse and the culture. See, this mm-hmm. is the intangibles. And it yep. could be as simple as stuff with his family or his accommodations or who knows mm-hmm. any maybe he just doesn't like the color orange i don't know i don't blame him let's maybe be real his, maybe his chakras are out of alignment because of the color orange it's totally possible could be but i'm just saying he, he's still good he's just mm-hmm. not the same it's the same yeah. as sunny gray right sunny yeah. gray went from oakland where he was shredding people literally insane mowing everybody to, down yeah to New York, where he couldn't do anything. Now to Cincinnati, where he's solid again, mm-hmm. right? And you're like, jeez. Yeah. So I don't know. That kind of stuff happens, is what I mean. But you're right. It does. The pitching is going to be huge. Yeah, I'm so excited. I'm literally peeing my pants. <laughs> I have a speaking. I have a speaking engagement tomorrow night, so I'm going to miss a little bit of game one, and I'm a little upset about it. But at the same time. It, you Anyway, I'll just record it. So I will be radio silent the rest of the evening. I'll come home and I'll watch all of game one with no commercials. 
There you go. That's, That's the way to do it. Yeah, we yeah. have we have baseball this week, so I think we're gonna miss. Uh, I think I'm gonna miss parts of game one and probably. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think I'll miss game two. But anyway, I don't know. Cross that bridge when we get to it. Got to get through game one first. So, but baseball family, let us know who you think is gonna win. Let us know. Um, I'm actually gonna put a poll in the description of the episode. It's only available, unfortunately, only available on Spotify. So if you listen to the podcast there, check it out there. If you happen to have Spotify, go find us there, and you can participate in the poll. Tell us who you think is going to win. Is it going to be the Astros? Is it going to be the Braves? Who you got? Let us know. Don't forget to jump on the shop as well, baseball family. We got the best stuff. At this, I'm currently, for those of you watching on YouTube, my KBO shirts, Korean Baseball Organization. This is my NC Dinos uh, shirt. It says baseball together, both in Korean script and the Romanized pronunciation in, for those of us that don't read Korean, okay? Um, and, and I've got my perfect hat on. As we've established earlier, Brad is double dipping with his pirate baseball, blackjack yep. Brad inspired apparel. <laughs> okay, this was for him. This is his line. And uh, he is raised, he's hoisting that black flag, spitting on his hands. And we're excited about it. He's already made some people angry tonight, which we always love. <laughs> So you can get all of the stuff that we're rocking, including this fine mug that I drink out of when we do on the show, uh, at 9plusus.com. It's N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S.com, 9plusus.com. It's a perfect time to jump on and get some Christmas gifts. Don't forget that that season is coming quickly, and uh, the the shipping timelines are coming quickly to a close to ensure that you get your baseball family members something from the shop in time so nine plus us.com n-i-n-e-p-l-u-s-u-s.com yep hop on the shop that's right and don't forget you can also hop on baseballtogether.com where you can watch the podcast listen to the podcast and submit to the mailbag with the link up in the navigation it says submit to mailbag you can just put your message in there and send it over and it'll come straight to us so we can respond to it and uh give you a shout on the show as well um but yeah World Series is here. It's a little. No. It's one of those bittersweet things, right? Because I get a little bit sad when there's no more baseball, and by yeah. that I mean a lot of it sad. And All it's coming. Sad. It's coming quick. But let's enjoy it while we still have it and while we can. Right. Yeah. And on that note, baseball family, we will catch you next week. Mm-hmm.